Welcome to the Lost and Found. Today is February 13th, 2024, and we are about 30 minutes away from a new day. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Tomorrow marks the beginning of Lenten season. I felt compelled to talk about my journey with Lent. Um, For those who are also participating, are familiar with it, this is maybe a source and space of affirmation and mutual support uh, with you during this time, but also for those who are out there um, who may not have ever observed um, this season, it's, I hope, an introduction and invitation to consider the the power and the opportunity that awaits uh, such an endeavor. So, the word Lent, it comes from an old English word, lectin, L-E-N-C-T-E-N, meaning spring season. And the springtime, as we know, is a time of rebirth. The Lenten season culminates with Easter, the period and holiday with which we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Lent essentially is this 40-day period looking back at the 40 days and 40 nights with which Jesus fasted and was tempted in the wilderness. That practice continues today for me personally as a means to really reassess, to reconnect, to evaluate myself and allow myself to be purified. By purified, I mean by canceling out distractions, by taking notice, by devoting more time to God and studying God's word. I'm able to then see uh, with greater clarity and I'm able to feel with new sensitivity. I'm, I'm talking, it can seem very broadly at things, but the way I grew up for Lenten season, the way it was explained to me as a child was you give up something that, in a way, you almost feel like you can't live without. Like, what is something that you just really cling to? This is a a, a time to really uh, work on severing those things that you depend on most, like food, like water. As much as we need those things 
to to submit ourselves to say that we will not live we will not hmm we will not solely be moved and swayed by our flesh but we will be guided and directed by our spirits the holy spirit and how this took shape for me as a young person was sunflower seeds <laughs> i love me some sunflower seeds um i will run through a bag of sunflower seeds easy and it's been like that for years and so um that that was my thing that was the thing it wasn't really the game um yeah i just that that is one of the most vivid early memories i have with giving it up the reason i also bring that up is because this is something i have been practicing for years now it's something in my household i grew up in a culture where we practice this and so in my uh, young adult life that I'm in now, the practice of fasting is so, uh, I'm so willing to leverage this tool and resource because it's been proximate to me in my upbringing. And so having that familiarity um, seeing the value of it, seeing as a, on a basic level that like, oh, I can give up something I really, really love and I'm still here. I still survive. Like, I thought I could never do that. And there are so many things, whether we'll admit it or not, that we cling to, that we have become so dependent upon that it has gotten in the way of God's will for us. And that's not to say we're completely far off and we've been doing things that are wicked. Not necessarily. There are levels to it. But we should consider how, what if my current habits, my current rhythm of living, what if all of that was not as aligned as it could be? What if I could work and live a bit more efficiently? What if I could really get through task and not be held back by procrastination? What if I could execute things that I've said I have a desire for leaning into and pursuing uh, without being distracted by my phone? There is a more abundant life that God invites us to and so the important thing to note in the journey and life of jesus was that his temptation was followed by ministry 
And so there was a calling and an assignment on his life that what he suffered prepared him and propelled him to achieve, execute, embody, and exude what he was sent here for. And so the same goes for us. So I was instantly led tonight to uh, Matthew chapter 4 to look into the temptation of Jesus and really just unpack for myself what was that journey like because as I'm seeking God in this season for what would you have for me right now um, in this particular fast, um, I'm really trying to mature in understanding. I'm really trying to mature in direction and I want to do things properly because it's so much deeper than just oh skipping a meal missing a meal or not or eating at this certain period of the day there are a lot of different ways your fast can take shape and take place like I said I gave up sunflower seeds there's so much more I can testify about um, when I was in undergrad, my junior or senior year, I want to say senior year. Um, one day I was just sitting in my room on, on my college campus and I just started spitting some lyrics randomly. Like some thought flowed into my head and I started spitting some lyrics and I was like, wait, did that just come out of my mouth? Like I was so convicted by the words that came out of my own mouth and the, 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 the language, which was just so foul at the time. And I was just reciting lyrics at the time. I was cursing and that had been a part of my uh, language with friends and that was my norm the music I listened to was Chicago drill, a mixture of so many other things, but like I was filled with a lot of things that again, were not as I saw it or felt I wasn't, these weren't quote unquote wicked ways. And when I use that word, um, wicked for me, what comes to mind is, um, uh, deceptive and uh, destructive, but it truly was leading me down a path of destruction. Ultimately, to summarize a bit, I was compelled to in 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 that season of Lent to give up cursing, and my submission, my 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 sacrifice was in my language. And it was, God, I give you my voice. And through that period, my writing went, not just my writing, my voice went to a whole nother level. You see, because when when we limit ourselves, when our emotional vocabulary is so immature we literally 
do not exercise the language needed to properly express and articulate what is going on with us and how we feel. So what that period challenged me to do was to find the language. And so I had to, I would just ended up doing what I love, writing poetry and leaning more into that. I had, I let go of a lot of music. I started deleting a lot of music. I actually, I think part of the fast was to not listen to music because I had to enhance and work on my discernment. I couldn't, I had, I had, I see that I lost sense of what was good and what was bad and what was pure, what was nourishing and uplifting. I I felt like I was being fed and that word nourishing is so, so much deeper than, than just, oh, it filled me up. Right. Because we can we can we can consume things that aren't nourishing for us and it can fill us for a moment. But ultimately. You don't have the essentials that you need, you're not really strengthened. So I can eat the sunflower seeds. Or I can eat the fruits and vegetables, I can actually go have a meal, I can actually cook. I can actually prepare something that takes time. So my voice grew a lot from that period. I ended up at the culmination of that period. I had gotten into grad school, um, had announced that I was going to Harvard. Um, I ended up being selected as the convocation poet and wrote this awesome piece. History is ours. And I feel like my character, most importantly, was improved. And because of that, what what is such a testimony and, and true just culmination to that experience of delivering that convocation piece was like, wow, I'm speaking to on behalf of an entire class. I felt like what I went through was a, okay, God, you can use me. God's like, I I can trust you that when I give you a word that you will deliver it properly. And the issue with where we are, all of us in some way are not properly stewarding well over what we've been given. And so the, the, the great news is God wants to do something awesome through us. And he can use us right where we are, yes. But how much more could he use us? How much more is in store for you by letting something go and ultimately just making more space for God? So... Enough of that context. I want to hop into this scripture. So we're in Matthew chapter four, the temptation of Jesus. And it reads, then Jesus went up by then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led by the spirit 
into the wilderness. Now, the question that came to me was, where is the spirit leading you to? Oftentimes we arrive at very difficult moments and inflection points in our lives when we uh, lack uh, lack clarity, we lack direction, and we have our wilderness moments, but we begin to instantly blame it on the devil and blame it on our circumstances and said bad decisions that we made. Those are real. Our decisions have implications, no doubt. I'm not going to dismiss that, but also the spirit will lead us places. And if the spirit leads us places, then there has to be a purpose for it. Scripture talks about all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. So I know in this season with where I'm at, no matter what I may face, it's working for my good. I'm being strengthened by it. Your perception Your belief about where you're at, your belief about how you got to where you are at determines everything. Because if you think you just ended up somewhere, you think you're being punished. But when you recognize that God's hand is on you, God, God's hand has led you to where you are. The way you move in it is totally different. Then verse 2 reads, After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. This was interesting. I haven't seen this before. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. What messed me up was the word after. He was hungry after. Now, I imagine, of course, being in the human body, living in the flesh, dwelling among humans just like us. That body got hungry throughout. But but the word speaks to his hunger, particularly after. And it makes me wonder what was occupying his attention so much during the process that the the scripture speaks to his hunger after they're not even focused Matthew in this context is not even focused on his hunger during the 40 days and 40 nights it was after that was of concern so the question is what occupies our appetites especially at night what occupies our our appetite what will we put in place this is about creating space right now instead of me cursing what is going to occupy that space what is what am i going to allow it to fill it up what am i filling my mind with instead of listening to music in the midst of this silence how am i allowing myself to become 
comfortable with the confrontation of all these thoughts. I'm filling myself with the word now. Where I would have played music, I'm now meditating on the word that I read. I'm now carrying quotes and scriptures with me to 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 direct me, to correct me and guide my life. What is occupying your appetite? Then the verse continues, then the tempter approached him and said, if you are the son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. Hmm. When hunger hits, temptation enters. When hunger hits, temptation enters. When hunger hits, temptation enters. After, the verse goes on to say he was hungry. The next verse says the tempter approached him. <laughs> the devil is such a trip and so weak, so conniving that he comes to get you when you're down. Because when does our discernment slip the most? When we're tired, when we're weary. But if we know better, we're more equipped to understand what's going on when it's happening. That's why you can't lose your cool. That's why you have to stay composed. That's why you have to fall back on the word. So it goes on to say, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Hmm. Here's the lie. Here's the lie. You need to validate your identity by way of doing or by way of creation. The devil said, tell these stones to become bread. He's essentially saying, use your words to create an answer to your problem make it work make it happen and so many of us are out here trying to make a solution come forth <laughs> in a situation that that power is not in our hands we need to be looking to god for, for clarity, for the answer. And also, it's not about our doing. It's about our being. And so the trick is to make you so fixated and focused, rather distracted on your doing, distracted by your doing, and less about your becoming. You don't need to validate your identity to no one. God knows you. So you're not proving anything to anybody. And anyone who asks you to validate your identity, 
Do not even entertain that. That's that that's a trick. That's a trick. And it's a lie that you need to validate your identity by doing. God is concerned with your being, your being in relationship with him, your your being with him. He just wants to talk to you. He just wants to to fill you up to to give you the to heal you, to give you the answers. God wants to give you the answers. So this is how Jesus responds. He answered and said, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the lesson is you got to respond with the word. It's not just about how you feel because it said Jesus was hungry. So if he was responding by way of how he felt, he would have just turned the stones into bread. <laughs> he acknowledges that we need bread to live. He's not a fool. He said man must not live on bread alone. He's acknowledging his humanity. Yes, I get tired. Yes, I get weary. Yes, I get frustrated. And I used to want to curse. But now I have other words and ways of more accurately and maturely describing what I'm feeling. I, I can more eloquently paint pictures with my words and I don't have to settle for profanity. So he responds with the word of God. He responds with what he knows, not what he thinks, what he knows. We have knowledge. We have truth. And so we respond with what we know when people question us. We don't respond with what we think. We respond with what we know. And so there, were, there was a call. There was a charge from the enemy, from the devil. And then there was a response. And so I'm not saying you don't have to respond to your situations, but it's about the way that you respond and how you respond. We got to respond with the word. Then the next temptation comes and it says in verse five, then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you. The devil knows scripture, too. And they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Hmm. Temptation can happen no matter the height. No matter how high you get, no matter what position you hold, no matter what you just finished celebrating, no matter what you're in the midst of, of achieving temptation is inevitable and temptation can find you wherever you are at the devil took him to the holy city had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple the highest point temptation can happen at the highest point 
And what did the devil say? Throw yourself down. If you are who you say you are, again, challenging his identity. We just said the lie is that you need to validate your identity by doing things, especially by the request of other people. He said, throw yourself down. The lie here is to let go. That's what he's saying. Jump down, let go, give up, jump off. And as we said, when the hunger hits and temptation enters, we have a choice on how we will respond. But the lie that the devil will try to lure you into is to say, let go. I know you started the podcast, but you got a lot going on at work right now. You got a lot of other stuff you could be doing. Aren't You're, you're tired today. You, you've done enough. Let go. Oh, I know this this is good. You 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 stop cursing for a few days, a few months, a few years. But you can let go. They they just went off on you. So so you should respond like this. They they really pushed you to that limit. So so here's an okay. I'm going to find a way to justify you doing something you know you shouldn't be doing. Just let go. But watch how Jesus responds in verse 7. Jesus told him, it is also written. He says, I know my scripture better than you. Do not test the Lord your God. The lesson is to hold on. When one voice says, let go, the word, the message, the gospel tells us to hold on. Keep holding on to your faith. Hold on to the vision God gave you. Hold on to your attention. Hold on to your focus. Hold on to your sanity. Hold on to your peace. Hold on to your composure. Hold on to love. Hold on to hope. Hold on. Even in the midst of this high place, when you're tempted, when you're when you're being challenged by coworkers, by friends, when relationships aren't working out the best right now, and you just want to let go, you just want to give up, hold on. Then the third temptation, verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. This is why I love the Bible. <laughs> Evidence. Jesus, uh, not evaded, but he moved forward beyond. He persisted 
beyond the temptation on multiple occasions already. So he's done it before, but it came back again. And so this is encouragement. He's showing us it is possible to move past the temptation. But it it keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. And he was already at a high place. He thought he saw it all, maybe. And some of us feel like, I've seen it all. Life can't get no worse than this. In terms of the low points that you faced. But here comes the devil. Took him to an even higher place. And though Jesus conquered for a moment... He's now come to another peak. And here, everything seems plentiful. There are many jobs on the table. The connections are abundant. The situation seems right. Everything is abundant. He's being offered the world. And their splendor that's abundance. But abundance by the world standards versus abundance in the will of God. The will of God is abundance. The splendor of the world is truly scarcity. They say the safest place to be is in the will of God. So here he is. Looking over. The mountains. The kingdoms of the world. He's on the top floor. He's made it. To this place. He's been led to this place. But he know who led him here. And now. What's interesting. Is the devil says, I will give you all of these things if you will fall down and worship me. Here's the lie. And here's the trick. This this is the where the deception lies. Possessions. That come with preconditions will require you to go low. He's being offered possessions of the world, but they come with some conditions. There's a contract no one else would know about. And it's going to require him to worship the devil. It says, if you will fall down, if you will go low, What possessions have we been offered? Have we taken that have come with some preconditions? And some of us have been so low for so long with these things. So low in the language that we use. So low in the love that we give. We've begun to worship other things. 
idols, false gods, things in place of God that we expect will provide for us. But they can't even compare. So the lesson in this is that our worship requires precision. How did Jesus respond? He told him, go away, Satan. You just need to tell some folk and some things go away. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The reason why we enter this Lenten season is because we recognize we've been serving other things. And we got to get back to worshiping the Lord our God. Only him. Only him. That's why we cancel out the distractions. That's why we can't move the same. That's why we can't eat the same. That's why the rhythm has to change. Only him. Our worship requires precision. Without precision, you'll worship anything. You'll worship the musical artist. You'll worship social media. And I get wrapped into it. I get wrapped into all the commentary and the, the Super Bowl hype and what's going on, but you got to snap out of it. And this this is an opportunity to get away from it, to get away from it. And, and all of this, this is not required. This is not mandatory. This is a choice. I choose to do this. I I happily... I eagerly walk towards this path because I have seen the fruit. I would not be who I am today without leaving many of the things that used to be such a huge, huge part of my life. Where I'm at is a result of letting God in. And there are, there are practices, there are habits, there are uh, people we surround ourselves with that have led us to just have no sensitivity. We've lost feeling, we've lost reverence, we've lost a, a sense of responsibility with why we are here. I'm wrapping up. Um, Verse 11. After Jesus responds with worship the Lord your God and serve only him, says then the devil left him. And angels came and began to serve him. So things work out for our good. And what I took away from this was Some forces will exit. You'll know this season, this chapter, it's the chapter. The chapter is over. There's more to come. There's more more battles to be fought and more that he faced. 
Um, but there will be forces in your life. There will be influences that will literally be loosed from your life. Should you choose to walk this path of submission, this, this path of, of willful sacrifice and suffering, the, the, the flesh, it will suffer. <laughs> I'm not here to paint this picture like, oh, this is a, this is the, um, the smooth path. No, this is hard. This is a contemplative journey. This is not easy, but it is possible. And and through the word, through God's guidance and through seeking him, he will supply the strength. He will give you the guidance you ask and he will answer. So some things will exit your life. Your th some things will exit your life. The devil left him and the angels came. Not only did they come, they began to serve him. So your help will enter. God is trying to, uh, God is waiting on you to say goodbye, party's over, to some of the things that will not serve you with where he is taking you so that your help can come in. You got to tell some things, the party is over. Help is here. Help is here. My real people about to come in. I don't even know what's next, but y'all got to get out of here. Y'all ain't got to go home, but y'all got to get up out of here. I can't do this no more. I can't move the same way no more. I know we used to do this in college. I know we used to we used to be down and it's the way we used our, our friendship used to function. But I'm in a new season. I know too much. I got too much going for me. My life is too precious because the next few verses, when you keep reading, it talks about the start of Jesus's ministry. His life's works, how he began to preach. The message of repentance, he said in verse 17 of chapter four, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. He begins teaching, preaching, and healing. So people's lives are literally about to be changed because of the things that he sacrificed. So whose life is waiting on you? I didn't say that right. Whose life will be lifted up? Who will be liberated because of the things you separated from? There's a verse that that talks about the life of Jesus and it says, because he himself was suffered, because he himself suffered, because he himself was tested <laughs> by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested because he himself was tested by what he suffered. He is able to help those who are being tested. And I'm here to just tell my story. That it is worth it. 
that that this season will truly truly bear fruit this season will knock some stuff up off of you this season is allowing you to shed some things away i didn't know god would have me here today where i'm at advising students ministering to young people i didn't I didn't know he would use my gifts of spoken word on, on the stages and, and heights and levels with which he does. And I'm talking about in my daily life. I'm talking about what I'm able to pour into the people around me. I'm talking about everyone who comes in contact with me. This is not a, just about the youth. This is about my friends. This is about This is about my family. This is about who I am. And the power I know that I am able to go forth with is a result of the decisions I have made to allow myself to be in alignment with God. When we say Jesus is Lord, that's a whole nother thing to unpack. But it's for me, it it became clearer and clearer simpler and simpler to say that this breath is not mine this is borrowed yet here i am using it to curse my brothers and sisters james 3 talks about the power of the tongue and how out of the same mouth that we bless the lord our god we curse our brothers and sisters and all of that was convicting so it's a journey it's a journey but it's an awesome one and i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that that people get get on this train because <laughs> it's always here at any time of the year whenever you when you're when you're ready to take that step and it ain't always about being ready it's about just committing committing to take the step start somewhere if you go 40 days, great. But let me say this last piece. It's not about, oh, let me just do this 40 days, quick transformation, you know, and um, check. You know, this ain't to check a box. I'm trying to transform my life because I know what God has ahead of me in this year. I'm talking about tonight, even just off of this work I did here. I am so filled by it, like... This is for me, too, first and foremost. So it's about trying to change and become. It's, it's, it's trying to become who God created me to be. And knowing that there's more, knowing I have not yet tapped into the fullness, the abundance of what he has for me. I do this work. So it is in that spirit. It, it is not for a short-term fix it's not for some aesthetic this is the wilderness the wilderness will leave you with memories that will forever impact your subsequent movements 
So, I encourage you all out here, um, go do your thing. Let's get it. Let's do it. Let's do it together. You're not alone. Know that we have guidance. We have we have the word of God. We have community. God wants us to be um, unified with people so we can remain encouraged on this journey because we're not we're not on this journey alone. So I hope you're encouraged. Hope along this path. Hope you find what you're looking for. Be blessed.